0: Hey guys, this is Sean Williams, the host of the Shark Attack and Variety Bites and the owner of the Sean Williams Podcast Network. I'm hoping you guys are loving what you hear. As always, if you enjoy what you're hearing from the show, make sure that you can make sure that if you feel like it, you donate to help keep this revolution going. Just there's no real set amount, no minimum, no maximum, just whatever you feel like donating to help keep the show going. And I wanted to take this opportunity to also mention that this show also now has a voice message system. So, you can actually leave voice messages for with your comments, your questions, anything that you want me to cover on either the Shark Attack or on Variety Bites. If you want to leave your thoughts or questions about wrestling, make sure that you mention that that it's for the Attack. And if you got something that you want me to talk about in sports or in entertainment, make sure you mention that it's for variety bytes and I promise the link for the voice message will be provided in the episode description at the end end of this show so guys make sure make sure you donate if you like what you hear and of course make your voice heard and leave your some leave your voice message on on this show and because I guarantee you It will make it a good one, make it count, because I will also have it played on the air. So make your voices heard, people, and help keep this revolution going. What is up, people? This is The Attack. I am yours truly, Sean Williams, of course, joined by the sergeant-at-arms himself, Mr. J.P. Mayer. J.P., we're going to start things a little differently because we haven't done it in a while, and you had forfeited your turn with the crash course, so tonight, you're facing the firing squadron. All right, so... Because of Clash of Clash of Champ, eh? Hell, I'll still call it Clash of the Champions. I don't care. But because of Clash of the Champions, I decided to kind of go a little WCW themed with this edition of of the uh, Crash Course. So JP. You gotta say right.
1: You gotta say right. WCW wrestling.
0: What do I look like, Bill Watts? Mm. No, my obviously not. My hair is better. But...
1: They say you have hair.
0: That, exactly. But, so, you ready for the firing squad?
1: I'm ready.
0: All right. Speaking of Clash of the Champions, what was the first ever Clash of the Champions that you ever watched? Mmm. I'd have to go,
1: like, look at a list of all the Clash of Champions okay
0: um, or if wait, it or, or if it's easier to at least remember the main event of the of the one you watched
1: you see that's why I gotta go look also I was so young I, I was a youngster um okay you got it yes um Clash of the Champions, 14, Dixie Dynamite, Ric Flair versus Scott Steiner.
0: Interesting. I actually watched... Um, I was kind of too ahead of you on that one. The first one that I watched was Fall Brawl 90. Sting versus the Black Scorpion. Hmm. But I, one thing that stood out to me from that one was... The Steiner brothers took on this tag team maximum overdrive. It's a jobber tag team. And Scott's, they won with this double team move. Like Rick Steiner held the guy up on his shoulders, and Scott Steiner did this DDT off the top rope that looked yes. sick. The Steiners never did it again, but good lord, that, man, that move was sick. I
1: think they did it a couple times. A couple times after, they didn't do it very often, I'll say that.
0: They, they, I think it got replaced eventually by the bulldog off the top. Now.
1: Yeah, it was like a big occasion that they brought out the the super DDT.
0: Yep. But um, next question because Jim Ross had brought up about the black scorpion. While it didn't kill Sting's title reign, it didn't do him any favors because they had no plan for it. But part of what they needed for the Black Scorpion, they needed somebody that would make the champ, Sting, look good. And he praised how good of workers guys like Brad Armstrong and Terry Taylor were. So the question here, because he had even brought up this theory, could Brad Armstrong or Terry Taylor have been better suited to eventually be the Black Scorpion than the original Al Perez and eventually Ric Flair?
1: In the case of Al Perez, I think either Armstrong or Taylor would have done just fine. But that's Ric Flair. Like, Ric Flair, one of the absolute greatest of all time. I, I don't know if they could have done better than Flair. Now, don't get me wrong. God rest his soul. Um, Brad Armstrong was a great character, and we talked earlier about how the shit gimmick set he got put with. But in the same sense, we had Cockadoodle doo the Red Rooster Terry Taylor, who I thought was an, a great wrestler, but I thought his finish, the five arm, was stupid.
0: It was, but you know, he had he seemed to have a I won't say solid, but a decent run as a heel. I think he, when he had come back to WCW, following the Red Rooster debacle, if he had come back in as a heel, maybe it would have been better because Clash, when he returned to WCW, he was one half of a jobber team that put over the Nasty Boys. But I think, in the sense, it could have worked in the sense that. Brad Armstrong and Terry Taylor were both good workers, especially Brad Armstrong, and it would have it would have actually elevated either one of those guys a lot better than they did. I mean it, the whole candy man for Brad Armstrong, that guy was damned with that stupid gimmick. Ah. Not even a gimmick, it was just a name. They, the announcers said he gave candy to kids, but you never actually see him do it. Yeah. Which, it, again, it's a testament to how much of a jackass Jim Hurd was.
1: Well, Jim Hurd had no business being in the spot that he was in.
0: True. Now, next question. I asked you what was the first Clash of the Champions you watched. What was the first WCW pay-per-view that you ever watched live?
1: I didn't watch many of the WCW pay-per-views live, for the simple fact that I was more into, at the time, the WWF. Right. Truth be told, I think I may have only ordered one WCW pay-per-view, and I think it was like a, like a bash at the beach.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll tell you, (laughs) mine was actually not. Not that long after Fall Brawl 90, it was Halloween Havoc. And what was so unique to me was because I had never seen a Halloween-themed wrestling pay-per-view. Yeah! And, you know, it wasn't exactly the best of shows, but you know, the thing that stood out to me? (laughs) I couldn't believe that, of all the title changes that took place, Stan Hansen not only beat Lex Luger... He beat him clean.
1: Stan Hansen, another one. God rest his soul.
0: He's still alive. I... Hansen's not dead.
1: Oh, he's not? No. Oh. Sorry, Stan.
0: <laughs> Are you kidding me? The bi- the bad man from Burger, Texas? <laughs> that guy's too stubborn to die.
1: Um... What I I was getting at, um, oh, that's, he is definitely not dead. Sorry, Stan. Um, yeah, we'll give He had his accolades in Japan, which, by all means, everything he did there, he fucking deserved. I would have liked to have seen him have a run in. WWE, WWF with one of their titles.
0: Yeah. But, um. But yeah, that was the first one for me. And I just remembered I couldn't believe it. He hit the lariat, and not even Luger got up from that.
1: That. That's kind of like. Um, present day, well, not present day, so to say, but JBL's clothesline from hell? True. You're not getting up from that, and I don't think anybody did.
0: Nope. But, you know, um the other thing I always found unique with Stan Hansen, he, would, he was nobody's friend. The only side he was on was his. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remembered uh Paul Heyman as Paulie Dangerously on the Danger Zone tried to interview him. And Hanson takes his hat and his cowboy hat and mocks him for it. And he goes, this thing's for him. this man in New York City. This ain't no cowboy hat. And, of course, Missy Hyatt trying to get into the men's locker room and always getting chased out by Stan Hanson. Well, yelled at and spat on, <laughs> spat on with his chewing tobacco. But uh, those are good times. All right. Next uh, question I got. Set aside the gimmicks in the Southern Boys and the Young Pistols. How good of a tag team were Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong? They
1: were really good. I enjoyed watching them.
0: Their gimmicks sucked, but they were a good tag team. And you know, anytime you put them in a match against the Freebirds, given, it's the Freebirds we're talking about, you couldn't get a bad match out of them. Oh, yeah, no. You know, I, I I was always conflicted, even as a kid, because I knew they were a face team, but I hated them dressing like South soldiers.
1: Yeah, like, I didn't understand that. Obviously, at the time, I was like 10, 11 years old, so I really was clueless.
0: Well, I was clueless, but at the same time, I knew I didn't like that Confederate flag. And then, of course, that match at Fall Brawl 90 had the Freebirds decked out with the Confederate flag makeup and stuff. I was like, oh, that's just, you can never get away with that crap today.
1: Well, no. Yeah, nowadays people would be offended.
0: Yeah, but I agree with you. I I don't think Tracy Smothers and Steve Armstrong ever truly got enough credit for how good they were. And here, here's the big one I was saving. What uh, was your favorite assembly of the four horsemen, and who would you say was the best choice and worst choice for a horseman? And okay. Hold on. Before you answer it, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson were already kind of – they were pretty much the foundation of the horsemen, so they don't count.
1: Okay, so I'm just going to pick, like, the, the other – like, the supporters. Exactly. Um, my favorite was Rick Arn Tully, and Oli.
0: Hmm. Decent.
1: My worst was. Well,
0: hold on. It was that that was you named that was one part of the question was your favorite assembly of the Horsemen, but you also have to pick like it. I was talking about member. Best member that they chose to be a horseman and worst member to, to be a horseman.
1: Worst, hands down, was Paul Roma.
0: I don't think anybody will disagree with that. As much as some people complain that that Mongo was a, was a poor choice, nothing was more poor than Paul Roma.
1: No, Roma was terrible. As for the best... Hmm. Huh. I'd have
0: to say Tully. That's a solid pick. And, you know, I was watching the old segment when J.J. Dillon came out and then brought out Arne Anderson, and then Arne Anderson calls out the members of the Horsemen. You know, look, we can argue about everything with Chris Benoit, what he was, what he became till the cows come home, Uh but back then... In WCW, when he was a horseman, you just got this aura from him. Like, he took pride in being a member of that group.
1: Oh, absolutely. And Benoit was actually going to be my second choice for best because, like, he just came out and was, like, honorable about it.
0: There, Yeah, there was a presence, like... Like I said, the second that they chose him to be a member of the Horseman, he, that was a badge he wore with honor.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: And I didn't even have a problem with Dean Malenko getting picked as a Horseman.
1: I, with Malenko, I think it was like two. I think he would have been better as a part of the heel Horseman stable as opposed to the face Horseman.
0: Maybe But um And you know Even even though it was Actually I was gonna say Mention Pillman But you know Pillman to me Just felt kinda like The odd one out It, it Of being the horseman Yeah Like he was not the kinda guy That really played well with others
1: No That he definitely did not
0: and, you know, it was funny when listening to uh, listening to uh, Grillin' and JR and they were talking about uh, Fall Brawl 90, and they talked about, because one match that took place in, at, which it was a quick one, but Stan Hansen end, ends up destroying uh, Tom Zink, the Z-Man. Now, he did pass away, so God rest his soul on that one. Yes, that I, that I know. But, you know, um... Mentioned that, you know, the only time that he really, I mean, when asked what his favorite Z-Man match was, truthfully, it was when he was teaming with Flying Brian. And I kind of got to agree with that. When he was with Pillman, they were, the two were entertaining, but on his own was kind of, eh. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the only reason they took the, TV title off of Arn Anderson and gave it to him, was because Arn was banged up. I mean, obviously that street fight that him and Barry Windham had against Doom. And you know that was a to me that was always a formidable tag team for the Horsemen, that or a sim of the members of the Horsemen, Barry Windham and Arn Anderson. That was a that was a combination I I liked a good deal.
1: Yeah, that was a good combination. Arn and Tully was a good combination. Arn and Benoit was a good combination. Arn Anderson, in my opinion, was one of the best wrestlers to never win a world championship in one of the two major companies.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, some say that he wasn't that charismatic, but, you know, the presence that Arn had about him... He didn't need to be. There was nobody that he could work a bad match against. You know? I mean, the only blemish that I would say, not, well, not that it was his choice, he was doing his job, but the fact that he ever, that he dropped the TV title to the frickin' Renegade.
1: Yeah, I fucking hated that.
0: Even as a kid, I knew it wasn't The Ultimate Warrior, and I hated it. I mean, that's how bad that was.
1: Dude, even Stevie Wonder knew that wasn't the fucking renegade. Even Eric, wasn't the Ultimate Warrior.
0: Even Eric Bischoff makes fun of that. He even says that was a mistake. But that was the crash course, people. So, topic number one. There's rumor going around that Impact wants to buy Ring of Honor. So, here's... Here's where I have issue with this. The last partnership Impact tried to do ended up not going very well because they kicked the owner out, but then they forgot he owned the rights to the name, so they couldn't even use it, so it went back to Impact. And of course, I'm talking about Global Force, now defunct Global Force Wrestling, but here, here's two questions I got for you. Can they even afford Ring of Honor? And is there any legit reason why this should happen?
1: It's, in my opinion, it's not going to happen. Like, people are really starting to write out Ring of Honor, which is becoming a damn shame. Because right now, without even AEW debuting on television, they they are putting Ring of Honor at number four behind Impact, AEW, and then WWE. Right. Attendance for Ring of Honor shows is dwindling. So it's see what happens, but I can't see Impact buying Ring of Honor.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just don't see how Impact even can afford to buy a Ring of Honor. And, you know, also I think Sinclair still holds a good chunk of the ownership, if not all of it, on Ring of Honor. So, uh, good luck trying to buy it from them.
1: Exactly. Like, Impact has come from the Death from death's doorstep, so many times. They do not need to purchase Ring of Honor.
0: Yep, I, I would, would that agree. With get that get
1: us? Would that get us some dream matches? Sure, but let Ring of Honor do their thing. Let. Impact do
0: theirs Right I mean Ring of Honor It's struggling only in the sense that They lost a lot When the Elite Left and formed AEW Absolutely They lost Cody They lost the Young Bucks That hurt And of course losing a young A young and up and coming Like Adam Page
1: Yeah And it's going to be interesting to see what Marty Scroll does in November, because that's when his contract is up.
0: Yeah. Matt Taven, last I checked, he still hasn't signed a new deal yet.
1: They lose Matt Taven. I know you have your issues with him, but I think he's a damn good wrestler and a damn good champion for Ring of Honor. Would be a huge loss.
0: Let me just be clear. I don't have a problem with Matt Taven. I have a problem with him as the world champion. And I feel like Marty Skrull is somebody who is completely underutilized and underrated, and that Ring of Honor really dropped the ball by not giving him the belt.
1: Mm. I-, I get it. But, um, the thing with, um, with Ring of Honor with him, it's, they don't have anybody to challenge him. Jake Briscoe's a heel and also one half the tag champs.
0: Lethal's got his own thing going on.
1: Yeah, and Lethal has um, uh, what you call it? it has Jonathan Gresham. Yeah. Like that's, and you're right. They took a monster hit when they lost when they lost to Bucks Cody Page.
0: Yeah, they don't even use Bullet Club anymore. Cause I, I don't, I don't think they even have their deal with New Japan anymore.
1: No, I think they do, but like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, but um, we'll but we'll see what happens. But I think it's unlikely. But next topic going into WWE you know it's looking more and more obvious unfortunately that they're probably going to give the King of the Ring to Corbin
1: and you see I think
0: otherwise hey I want them to prove me wrong I mean I hate how they're making it almost too obvious how he's bragging before he even wins But, and I said this, I dare the WWE to prove me wrong. I dare them to actually try and not be predictable for a change. And, I mean, I'm hoping that they prove me wrong, and I'm hoping that Gable does win it.
1: You see, part of me thinks... Part of me thinks that it's going to be... It's going to be Gable, for the simple fact that nobody expected him to make it that far.
0: Well, reportedly, they're not even going to have the finals of King of the Ring on Clash of Champions anymore. It's going to be on Raw after.
1: Well, the Clash of Champions already has like twenty matches on it.
0: Yeah, but what I'm what I'm saying is, you're putting Heyman and the. The ultimate outcome of that that finals in Paul Heyman's hands. And hey, I would I will trust him with that. Cause so far, Raw has been good, and the only one I'm starting to kinda waver on my faith in anyone is Eric Bischoff. Mm, yeah. But more on that one later, but you know, but I've I've said that the King of the Ring tournament has always been a heel-driven tournament. And like I said, I dare the WWE to actually prove me that I'm wrong. But in the meantime, let's jump right into the next segment. This, people, is cross the line. Bitch, what line? And JP, I gotta tell you, I'm excited about this one. Cedric Alexander. Well, check that. Cedric Alexander and the... I really have a tr- trouble saying that name. The Viking Raiders, War Machine, are in the final match of the night on Monday Night Raw, and Cedric Alexander got the winning pin over AJ Styles.
1: For the fact that Cedric Alexander, who six months ago was wrestling on 205 Live, and Viking graders who, ever since their call-up, has been beating up jobber teams as a heel team. All of a sudden, oh, Pop, we're baby faces now, and now they're over as fuck.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I mean, the fact that you had, I mean, those three names showcasing themselves in the main event of the night, that was huge to me.
1: Oh, absolutely. And not to mention getting to have a beer bash with Steve Austin.
0: Oh, and, I mean, even Cedric Alexander said it was just surreal to be have that moment with Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, do you need any further proof that Triple H has big plans in mind for Cedric? And for all we know, maybe so does Heyman.
1: So, and, truthfully, um, I would love to see Cedric win the U.S. title on Sunday. Whether it happens or not, it was only, we'll find out, but give him the chance. Like, obviously, Triple H sees something in him. Well, so let's go back to the to the Cruiserweight Classic the police sign Cedric Chance here comes Triple H okay I'm gonna go sign him
0: yep and I mean like I said I just feel I mean Hunter is not blind to talent neither is Heyman so I think there's there is an end game in mind for Cedric Alexander because they definitely like what they see with this guy and who could blame them and yeah, I wanna see Cedric win the
1: U- Shut up, Axel.
0: I wanna see Cedric win. <laughs> I wanna see Cedric win the US title also. But even if you don't have him win, you have to have him still look strong. Oh absolutely. You gotta have have it look like he come he like AJ didn't beat him, he escaped him. I mean, so that that's where I stand on it, but I'm hoping that now for the Viking Raiders that this actually leads to something good instead of them tearing apart tackling dummies on a weekly basis.
1: Well, hopefully this leads to a feud um,
0: with um, Gallison and Anderson. Which I have no problem with.
1: Nope, me either.
0: But, you know, I mean, Raw did a good job building up for the pay per view, which is the least I can say about SmackDown. And speaking of SmackDown, that leads us to the opposite end of the spectrum, which is who writes this crap?
1: Who's in charge over there? This is aggravating me now. What? I can't count on you people.
0: Alistair Black has not had a lot of TV time, and reportedly, Creative and Eric Bischoff don't know how to use him. In fact, word is Bischoff feels he's too satanic for mainstream TV. And if Triple H thought this, he wouldn't have moved Aleister Black up from NXT. Also, if he really thought that, he wouldn't have signed the guy. So, clearly, Hunter's a smart one, and Bischoff, you're a jackass.
1: Bischoff needs to realize that Alistair Black... He's one of their best talents.
0: Maybe he needs to get hit with the black mass.
1: Hey, you never know. Bischoff does have an iron chin. He he's does the karate.
0: Yeah, but put him in a put him in a shoot fight against Alistair Black, he'll get eaten alive.
1: Well, that's the understatement of the decade.
0: But at this rate, it's like you were, you would have been better off just keeping him on NXT or hell put keep it, put him on Raw. Which I know you you didn't do that because Selena Vega and Andrade are on SmackDown and <laughs> Andrade is dating Charlotte in real life, so of course that that's that whole mess, but the fact is is that come on even even NXT UK would have been better suited for Alistair Black than this. Uh. At least he'd get airtime. I just hate that he that they're wasting a talent like this guy. And you know, speaking of NXT, I was saving this for last because I definitely want to talk a lot about NXT and the move to USA, which actually is next week.
1: Yes.
0: So, a couple questions that popped to mind. What can we expect? And has NXT become something more than just developmental? Has it truly become its own brand, which they tried to do that with ECW and that didn't work. But also, we've had Mojo Rawley say how guys in NXT don't really call... don't really call going to SmackDown or Raw moving up anymore. So, is there now a better chance of guys staying longer in NXT?
1: Now, with... In my opinion, I now see NXT as a third brand.
0: I agree. I think it's... it's NXT is... What WWE CW failed to be.
1: The thing with WWE CW, they brought a die, they used a dead brand. ECW was dead in the water. Yes, they had. They had the one night stand. And. It was a success. They should have let it stay there.
0: Uh, Absolutely. You were never going to have a better moment than that. Even the one they did the next year, that pale just fell flat by comparison.
1: Because the 2005 one, you could tell WWE didn't have their hands all over it. The 2006 one, they most certainly
0: did. Yep. In fact, I think the match between Edge and Foley against well, Edge, Foley, and Lita against Tommy Dreamer, Beulah, and Terry Funk. To me, that was probably the best match out of that whole card. On that one. Yeah. But um, yeah. I like I said. I agree that NXT has actually become its own brand where it's no longer developmental and it's no longer a stepping stone. But now that you're on network TV or on a cable network station like USA, now it's come, like, to a whole new level. And
1: they're doing this with no Vince McMahon touching of the brand.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about this, and... Vince has his eye on everything, but I think in the case of of NXT, that's one that Triple H is. Ba- I don't think Triple H is afraid to say, "Hands off." Oh yeah, this is his pet project, and I think even Stephanie has played a hand in helping get it to this point too. And I don't think any one of the either of those two are going to want anyone to tamper with it not even daddy dearest. Yeah. But now you have that 205 live is coming to an end and apparently is going 205 is going to merge with NXT. Is it really a good idea? I mean, is it really a good idea to have the Cruiserweight belt as one of the belts defended in NXT? I
1: don't see a reason why not the main roster already has 1,800 belts. True. So, let the 205... let them defend the Cruiserweight title down in NXT.
0: You know, I don't think that there's any reason why 205 Live, or why and the guys of 205 can't deliver what NXT is able to do. I mean, I... I think they can I mean they can perform the same kind of matches that they do on NXT. is what I'm saying.
1: Absolutely.
0: And you know, it'll help a lot of guy, a lot of their guys elevate themselves to a different level.
1: It's like going back to earlier in the year before he won the Cruiserweight title, Drew Gulak wrestled Matt Riddle. And that was a damn good match.
0: Right. But um I mean and you know with talking about um of some guys staying longer like that you know, just kinda think feel their nxt their NXT for life. I mean, it's not it's not that unheard of. I mean look, Take a look at that segment that we saw this past week with Johnny Gargano. Yeah. And when he said he's not going anywhere, Crowd was the crowd was eating it up. They loved it.
1: You see, the thing with NXT is they taped their TV all in the same place. They tape it at full sale. Right. So... They have, they have their loyal, they have their loyal fans. They got their Izzy's. They got all their other people that are always there. Right. The number one thing that they have to do is not take the TV show on the road.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I want to think that's one thing that they've already considered about because. I think especially for Triple H he knows I mean he knows what makes that brand so good. He knows it's successful, he know he knows it draws. And I think that's why he's so hardcore on why he's not going to tamper with it. Yeah. He he knows the formula that works and knows and also let's he recognizes the stars that have come out of that. Hell, one of them is right now the top champion on Raw. Yeah. And we all I mean, we all know he's got his eye on a lot of other people in NXT that he thinks can be major players. Case in point, Adam Cole. Baby. Exactly. But he I mean, I feel like Triple H really sees in in Cole what um, he saw in Rollins. Yeah,
1: and you also figure the entire time um, Seth Rollins was in NXT, he was a face. The entire time Adam Cole has been in NXT, he's been a heel. But granted, he's still over as fuck.
0: Yep. With that whole entrance from when he does the boom to Adam Cole Bay Bay I mean that's the other thing Triple H is not oblivious to he knows that is just money Oh yeah But um I mean the I mean what people like with this is that it's something new It's Absolutely. something different and you know what I mean and those that don't get the WWE network they they i'm they've heard the hype of NXT they and now they get to see it and i think they're going to welcome seeing something different instead of saying the same old thing
1: yeah it's like people bitch and moan and bitch and moan and bitch and moan oh well, now here's something different for you guys
0: yeah and you know I think keeping Johnny Gargano on NXT right now with the big move is probably the right call. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as proven with that segment on Wednesday, with or without the belt, that crowd still loves him. Yeah.
1: That man is the heart and soul of NXT.
0: Without question. And, I mean... And not to mention, they gives the opportunity to truly display um, undisputed to a me- wider audience. Yes. And um, and you know, I'm still reeling over the Jordan Miles and Jordan Miles and Adam Cole match that we got two weeks ago.
1: I still have to watch that match. Oh
0: Lord! Yeah, I know he didn't win, but oh good Lord. That match was everything that I hoped it would be. Nice. But, and of course, yeah, Shayna Baszler had to, uh, she relied on a DQ to escape Rhea Ripley. But rest assured, that that one's far from over.
1: Yeah, it's quite ironic that Rhea Ripley's not in the fatal four-way this coming Wednesday to determine... Madame Baszler's next challenger.
0: Yeah, well, that we'll see how how that fares. But like I said, if, if I was Shayna Baszler, I would I would watch my back because Rhea Ripley is ready to just break her in half.
1: Not to mention Rhea Ripley is so young.
0: Yep. And I think what intimidates Shayna Baszler is the fact that she she was throwing everything that she could at Rhea Ripley, and she kept coming back for more. She wasn't inti- There was no intimidation factor. She wasn't scaring her. She was just she was just ready to just kick ass and take names. Or, to quote the late, great Roddy Piper, or paraphrase him, she had come to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And she was all out of bubblegum.
1: Now, it's interesting, the, th- the three of the four names that are challenged are in this match on Wednesday. Shayna Baszler has beaten at a takeover Bianca Belair
0: Yep, twice Yep,
1: twice And Mia Right The fourth person she has beaten However not at a takeover Candice LeRae
0: (laughs) Wouldn't that be a hell of a thing if she actually pulled that one off? She definitely opened up a lot of eyes in with her match with Yoshirai.
1: Oh god, yeah. Like that was my That was probably my favorite match on Takeover.
0: I don't know if I would go as far as my favorite match. It was definitely up there, but you know, Mia Yim and Shayna Baszler, it was in the shadow of Yoshirai and Candice LeRae.
1: And it's a shame, because I
0: absolutely love both Mia and Shayna Bisner. Oh, yeah. I I would agree with that. But the problem was is that what they were doing in their match, it was not going to surpass what we got out of both Candace and Yoshirai. Oh, yeah. There was just no way. All right. So, next topic, Kevin Owens. Shane fired him, allegedly. They're trying to do another Austin versus McMahon, but with all due respect to Kevin Owens, you're not stone cold. And I would say, with all due respect, but with absolutely zero respect, Shane, you're not your old man. So, two questions, JP. One, are you tired of this angle yet? And two, Will this angle ever end?
1: Will this angle ever end? Yes. Am I tired of it? No. I want to see another Hell in a Cell match, and I want to see Shane jump off the top of the cell again. And absolutely eat it.
0: I want to see this over because when is WWE getting to get the idea that Shane McMahon doesn't draw a damn thing? And I feel like, you know what, I like that they're pushing Kevin Owens, but I want it to actually go somewhere. But that's my, and <laughs> speaking of SmackDown, Eric Rowan, we saw him talking on his own. Claims he is a mastermind, that he manip- he's a manipulator, but is anyone really buying it? He's always been the big thug. Why should we believe this is any different?
1: Uh, I don't know. I, I like this it's something that Eric Rowan... Eric Rowan normally doesn't... He, for starters, he normally doesn't talk. He was always... He was always the guy in the background.
0: Well, regardless, that match with him and Roman Reigns has absolutely no place on Clash of Champions.
1: Well, yeah, because there's no title belt.
0: Yeah, there's no title belt on the line, so there's no point in having that match. But, I mean... Even set that aside... Does anyone even think Eric Rowan's actually going to beat Roman? I think he is. I'm going with no. But that's just me on that one. And, you know, I know we didn't really set up... I didn't have you hit up the card for a clash of the champions, but figured we could at least give, like, a couple predictions.
1: Wrestlers will win and wrestlers will lose their titles.
0: The one I'm actually certain about the Miz has to beat Nakamura. I mean, how many times has he gotten his butt kicked or just laid out by Nakamura? Yeah. So, I think he's due. I think he has to he has to do it. And with the debut on SmackDown coming up, and a name like The Miz, as high mainstream as he is, you need to have him actually win. Having him with the title belt will attract.
1: Yeah, but also, USA wants The Miz for Miz and Mrs.
0: True. But, and. You know, I know we've seen the Miz as intercontinental champion several times, but at least when he holds the belt, we remember that there is an intercontinental champion.
1: This is true.
0: I mean, how many? T- we barely see Nakamura even after he won the belt.
1: Sai, no speak English.
0: No speak airtime either. Now, now the women's matches are the ones that I'm curious about. Now, do we act? Do you think we'll actually see Bailey and Sasha both walk out as champion?
1: No, I think it's gonna be Charlotte and Becky. Yeah. See, I.
0: This will probably be where we disagree on it because I actually think Sasha might pull it off. I think she actually beat Becky. And the only reason I don't think Charlotte will beat Bailey, at least not yet, is you beat her, then what? And the women's tag title match, I'm having a, I'm conflicted on where I stand on that one. I mean, do you think we'll get a new champion with that one, or do you think Alexa and Nikki will retain?
1: I think Alexa and Nikki are going to retain. I think now, with Alexa being... Firmly as in the role of a face. Now, I say they're they're gonna let him run for a little bit.
0: So you don't see a double cross with her with her turning against Nikki.
1: I don't think so.
0: Yeah, and you know, look, I got nothing against Sonia Deville and Mandy Rose. I just don't see them as the champion just yet and I did crazy chicks. Yep. Yeah. And AJ and uh Cedric, we talked about this, but really that could go either way.
1: As so long as it's a good match, I don't care.
0: Yeah. I th- I would call that match a win-win situation. Now, do we have anything with the tag titles taking place with this card?
1: Um, yes. With the Raw tag team championships, mm-hmm. um, the challengers are Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler, and the SmackDown challengers are The Revival.
0: Awkward. But, um, I don't know, I think that, just so, I don't see Seth and uh, Braun walking out with both belts. <laughs> I don't mean, I I mean, I don't see them walking out still as tag champs. Yeah, no. And as far as uh, the SmackDown one, I don't know. Well, it's not like, well, considering the revival or like Buddy Buddy with Shane, eh, let's not put it past that idea. It might happen. I'm not. I'm not sure where I stand on it, but it's probably going to happen. But you know, um, with Elias now being injured and apparently Drew McIntyre is hurt, well, I guess it explains why Drew didn't advance in the tournament. Yeah, because I think that was the one everybody thought was going to win it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we'll see. And I actually think Seth will retain over Braun. I don't see Braun winning the belt. No. And because I really think Seth Rollins and, um, that Seth Rollins and The Fiend are going to collide in Hell in a Cell.
1: And that's where
0: Seth Rollins dies. Yep. And you know, so many people are complaining, How if The Fiend wins, how is this any different than having Brock Lesnar as Universal Champion? And let me clarify, there's a difference with this. The difference is, look, he may not always appear as The Fiend, he mostly appears on Firefly Funhouse, but at least Br- Bray Wyatt is there. That's the difference. Brock Lesnar just doesn't show up at all. So that's the that's the issue and that's the difference. And I am I'm on board with the idea of of the fiend as the champion. Oh, me too. I mean, if WWE actually pulls that trigger, I look at it as they They think the iron is red hot on this one, and they want to strike while it is. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. We've seen plenty of times where where the iron was hot and they didn't strike. Braun Strowman being a clear example of that. They had a chance, and they blew it. Funny, we actually breezed through the topics that I listed quicker than I thought. So, a little sidestep with this one, JP, because I already did it with T5. Any any thoughts with uh, football from this past week or heading into even this weekend?
1: Um, Giants suck. Um,
0: The Jets are choke and, artists.
1: Jets are choke artists and they're now all sick. Um, the Miami Dolphins might be an entirely new team by mid because everybody asks for a trade. <laughs>
0: yeah. But I asked T5 this on Variety Bites I'll ask you. Do you think Matt Ryan is truly gone as far as he can go in Atlanta?
1: Eh, uh, he's, he's got, he's still got targets So, I'm going to say no. I think he, he, I think the team is is capable of going to the Super Bowl and winning it as long as it's against anybody but New England. God, I don't even know who won last night's game. That's like how much I was disinterested in it.
0: Yeah, I was focused on doing variety bites with T5, so that's my
1: excuse on that one. But, um, here, hold on. Let's, let's find out who won the football game last night.
0: But, you know, the other thing that I had said to... Ah, the, oh, the Bucketheads won. Yeah, that's a shocker. But... It the, is. The thing that I had said with, uh... Because I was... I was given all the praise. I was given credit to, uh... Lamar Jackson and his performance. And also... And acknowledged that the Cowboys really... <laughs> really performed well, but at the same time, I also thought, let's see how they do against a legit, a legit contender team. Yeah,
1: it'll be interesting to see what happens.
0: Because as, as good as Lamar Jackson was, they played the worthless Dolphins and the Cowboys did play your Giants. Hey, 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 hey. No, I'm not. I'm just saying that they, that the Giants are not a contender team. Or oh yeah, that. Not in very that game. So that's why I was saying, as good as they were, let's see how they do against legit contenders. And hey, I can't, I can't throw stones. I'm still. It's taken me this long to recover from my Steelers getting their butts whipped.
1: Yeah, th- what happened to you is just bad.
0: Yeah. And I seriously will sucker punch anybody who says this is what happens when you don't have Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown.
1: That's not necessarily true.
0: Yeah, because as poor as the offense did, the defense still had a job to do when they didn't do it. Yeah. So, but, um, uh, I'm hoping they do better against Seattle than they did against New England.
1: sure shit can't do any worse
0: yeah but uh I gotta tell you Patriots kinda frightened me with how they did in that game they looked like a complete team and I hate saying that and
1: yeah but I still hate them
0: oh yeah so do I but um oh and quick question I forgot to ask T5 about this on Variety Bites what have you? What do you think with this Joker movie? It, do you have any interest at all in seeing this? Mm, I
1: haven't seen the previews for it, so to be completely honest, no. Yeah,
0: you, know, you might want to check those out. The recent trailer was the one that actually got me interested in seeing the movie. But from what I heard, Joaquin Phoenix is being a huge pain in the ass, or was it being a huge pain in the ass on set? He would walk off in the middle of takes. And the director had to assure the other actor or actress that, no, it's not you, it's him. And obviously, <laughs> the one person he refused to do that with, any scene where he was in it, that he was working with Robert De Niro. Which, yeah, there's a reason why nobody has the guts to do something like that. It's because it's called career suicide.
1: Ah.
0: You really want... Really, would you... Would, could you imagine anybody having the guts to do that to Raging Bull himself?
1: Exactly.
0: That'd be like not, want, not wanting to piss off Joe Pesci, so he would go, What do you mean by that? What, that I amuse you? <laughs> but from what I'm hearing, it. I've heard that it's good, and also that it... Is the darkest movie DC has done. Nice. Which if they're saying that, then that means that there's stuff in that in that movie that we haven't seen in the trailers yet. And as far as I'm concerned, with how bad, co- I mean, how good can he be? Well, can't be any worse than Jared Leto. <laughs> and I'm I'm not saying that. Completely on based on the fact that I thought Jerry Leto was bad. I'm saying it based on the fact that I didn't see him enough in Suicide Squad to even give a fair judgment. Yeah. And oh yeah, the saw a report or saw an article that said that Sony made an offer to Disney regarding Spider-Man and Disney okay. being able to use Spider-Man. It's not the 50% that they that Disney was asking for. They offered 30% to Disney. Of course, the other condition, they want Venom in the MCU. Okay. I say do it. Take the damn thing. Look, I just want everything to go as it as it was from Civil War onward with Spider-Man being part of the MCU. Yeah. And hey, having Venom as part of it, I got no problem with that because I actually liked that version of Venom. And come on, 30%? that Look, it's not the 50 that they wanted, but come on, be reasonable. It's 30% of how much money those movies have made them. but this also just goes to show negotiations are still going on. And I told T5 I said this on Variety Bites last night that rumor is Vigo Mortensen as Dr. Doom. Okay. Hey, that's a high caliber actor right there.
1: Uh yeah.
0: and T5 asked this question which i thought was interesting was do i want to see doctor doom in a fan- in a movie where his origin is explained with another superhero like have him in another fantastic 4 movie or have him in a standalone truthfully considering three we've seen three movies with him with the, with the fantastic 4 and they bungled it i will say standalone
1: Okay, here's one for you. I happen to be on Facebook right now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, This diver was minding his own business when he came face-to-face with a huge anaconda. And the anaconda... I'm watching the video. He's just chilling. Like, he's curious. Like, he didn't attack the divers at all. Right. Like, this is
0: huge I'll take your word for it on that one by the way if you want a movie that's god awful and stupid that if you only reason you want to watch it is to just make fun of it mercilessly Anaconda's Hunt for the Blood Orchid
1: um how about anything from the Anaconda series like
0: yeah that that was just. Those movies were all bad. They really were. And it and the second the second one, the Hunt for the Blood Orchid, had absolutely no star power whatsoever. Like there was absolutely nobody in that damn thing. And and oh, the doctor, of course, being this, well. Ends up, like, obsessed, obsessed a-hole. I'm like, hmm, he's British, and he's obnoxious, and kind of a, kind of a dick. Who would have seen that coming? Exactly. (sighs) We need, (laughs) this, this weekend with the movie stinks, I've still got another week until Rambo comes out.
1: I have no interest in Rambo.
0: I'll see it. I mean, that, I don't, I think I may have more interest seeing that than Hustlers.
1: I had friends see Hustlers and said it was very good.
0: I'm hearing praise for that one, but truthfully, the only reason I would see that movie is not for Jennifer Lopez, it's for the girl that plays Betty on Riverdale. Which, once again, as I've said numerous times before, blonde women are going to be my death.
1: <laughs> okay, let me see. How long is seven meters?
0: But, um.
1: But that's, that's saying that. They're saying that the
0: anaconda was seven meters long. Oh, Lord.
1: What the fuck is going on here? Oh, stupid ass.
0: But, you know, one, jumping back to. I kind of got sidetracked because I didn't expect to go through as many of my topics so quickly. But, you know, we we hinted a little bit about it, but why is it that it seems like Paul Heyman is seeming to do a better job with Raw than Eric Bischoff is with SmackDown?
1: Because Heyman has been around as opposed to Bischoff, who basically... disappeared after his time as Rodgium.
0: So you think it's because um, so you're saying it's because Heyman has been in the game while Bischoff has been out of the game for years. Exactly. That actually makes sense. And yeah, Bischoff has been on podcasts and talked about wrestling but he hasn't had anything to do with any creative for wrestling in years exactly i mean the last time he was in anything was impact but i don't think he even had any control whatsoever in there i mean some Some people think to the contrary but i think he said that he didn't have anything to do with any of the creative on impact It's too bad. I would have liked to have given him credit for having, for if he was the one that created the idea of having Bully Ray put Dixie through a table. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, talk about a sight I can watch for hours and not get bored. Yeah, really. That's one of those things you want to watch in slow motion over and over again. I remember watching that, saying "ding dong, the bitch is dead." Okay, here, here's one. What do you think has been the biggest, um, from Impact to WWE? Biggest, even if it's not exactly their fault, but big letdown from Superstar, from TNA to, to WWE. I would probably have to say it's got to be EC3.
1: That's what I was going to say, EC3. And it's a shame because when they had him in NXT,
0: they did good with him. Then they moved him up and have done jack dick with him. They moved him up too quickly. You know, with how they were moving some guys back to NXT, I think he ought to be the next one he moved back there. Yeah. And somebody, I guess Kevin Owens posted this cryptic tweet, but do you really see him going back to NXT?
1: No. Maybe as, like, pop up make, like, an appearance or two, but I don't think he'd be back there full-time, no.
0: I think moving him back full-time to NXT would be a mistake.
1: No, like, he's somebody that um, has done good since coming up to, since being moved up.
0: Right. So I I don't think he hasn't struggled on the main roster. So no, right. So I would agree with that one. All right. So we're at the end of it. JP, got any plugs or a final thought?
1: Fuck Dave Meltzer.
0: Yep. That, fuck Dave Meltzer and uh, screw Wade Keller.
1: Screw you, Wade Keller fuck the revival
0: all right let's see Um, I haven't seen the results of impact so my final thought is simply figure out what the hell you're going to do with Tessa Blanchard and get it over with already
1: Tessa Blanchard call me
0: yep and Sasha Banks if the marriage doesn't work I have no problem being a rebound Alright, so with that being said, we'll be back next week. We'll be talking more well, the fallout of Clash of the Champions and of course um whatever happens with the King of the Ring tournament and JP, provided you don't pass the this next turn, it'll be you at it'll be you at, at the fire or firing at the firing squad.
1: Okay, you can see what happens.
0: Yep. Kind of blindsided you with those WCW questions, though.
1: Yeah, it's it's nice to go back in time a little bit.
0: Yeah, well, I think that's the beauty part with that segment is doing that. So, anyway, with that being... And, by the way, one other thing I forgot about with Fall Brawl 90 that was significant with that Clash of the Champions, that was also when we were introduced to a one certain Kevin Nash given i'm pretty sure he wishes he f- could forget that whole gimmick the master blasters
1: oh god
0: but you have i mean he wasn't nash wasn't bad obviously but his part his first partner couldn't re- couldn't wrestle to save his own life heard that guy only lasted a week <laughs> But um, you could even see how bad his partner was botching moves. Yeah. And as much praise as we were giving Brad Armstrong, if even if you can't work a match with Brad Armstrong, you got then you have no business being in the business. Yeah, really. But in the meantime, people, we'll see you the next time. He's J.P. Mayer. I'm Sean Williams. We are out of here. And. Let's see if he remembers how to do it. Say it out, J.P.
1: Wait, wait, wait! What do I gotta say?
0: Oh, you <sighs> son of a bitch!
1: He <laughs> was born perfect, and just like the great white shark, this guy has never had to evolve.